Oh, yes. We're starting out this week's episode with Drew Brees and his interpretation of Sparta, which unfortunately uh, for Jamie's team brought them to the loss, the fail, and brought the Saints one step closer to a victory in the NFC South, which is now the hottest division in the NFC. I am James Richard Brown, Associate Editor of Sports Bastards. Across over there in Louisville, Kentucky at our HQ is... I am Mr. Ron Hogan, the Editor-in-Chief and all-around boss at SportsBastards.com. Thank you for checking out the podcast once again, and special greetings to our friends in Afghanistan. No, not the Taliban, the American troops. Oh, yes. Yes, all you guys out there in the desert... First and foremost, thank you for serving our country. I mean, that that's, that's straight from the heart from both of us. Thanks for serving, guys. And, and, and second, speaking of across the pond, what what do you think the, the British were thinking whenever they saw Drew Brees and, his, uh, and, and the Saints saying, this is New Orleans? Well, um... I really couldn't say what the people in London were were, were thinking, but uh, I know if it was me and I was a Londonian or whatever they call themselves, a Londoner, uh, I would say, no, gentlemen, this isn't New Orleans. This is London. Would you like to buy a map? <laughs> uh, yes. You know, just just one of those, you know, one of those tourist maps where it's just like, you know, here's a giant Big Ben, here's a giant Buckingham Palace. You know, that doesn't have any streets or anything on it. That alone should have been enough to con- to uh, you know educate uh, Gerard Butler Jr. and company that this was not Sparta or New Orleans. Yes, they're but in they're in not so sunny old England. Yeah, but I suppose this is London isn't uh, a very effective chant. No, no, no. But but it was effective and and, and proving to the to the people of London that we took your sport of rugby which NFL.com folks check it out they do have the video on the origins of football from rugby where the graduates of rugby school came to America and we've got our modern creation of football it's quite quite ironic that the city that originated jazz goes to the city that originated football and rugby I mean, you gotta like that. And they played the city named after a whale's vagina. So, <laughs> you know, there's always that. Oh my god. Yes, Jamie's gonna hurt you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All well, right. Let's just keep on this. Uh, let's just keep on this subject and go ahead and finish out all the other things we know that are gonna make Jamie cry, like you know, Drew, uh, like uh, Drew Brees, without mole, uh, just absolutely. Honing the face of uh, Marmalard, uh, Philip Rivers. Oh yes, good old Marmalard, the current Chargers QB, getting owned by the former Chargers quarterback. But you, and you know, I don't, I know everybody says, oh, uh, the Chargers are thrilled with the. Uh, sorry, almost lapsed into to Rogerworski territory there. I but, know uh, penetration. You don't want to get into penetration. No. 
not not when it comes to Ron Jaworski anyway. Exactly. Uh, you know, everybody says, "Oh, the Chargers are so happy with Philip Rivers." Are they? Why? What have they won with Philip Rivers? Uh, they they've taken a step backwards since they've had Philip Rivers. And, and, and if you listen to Jamie, Philip Rivers is the number one QB in the NFL. I looked this up. Wrong. <laughs> you know who's the number epic one fail. QB? Yeah, yes, very epic fail. It's, uh, well, no, I couldn't say off the top of my head, but I would guess it's probably Drew Brees. You are correct. It is Drew Brees still. Right behind him is, believe it or not, everyone's favorite happy hour resident, Kerry Collins. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Wow. I, I know. Kerry's on up there as far as stats. He has only made three interceptions the whole season. Maybe three or four. So, he's, putting, he's putting up David Garrard-like numbers. <laughs> that's that's all you can say. He's he's putting up David Garrard numbers, and that's not a bad thing. David Garrard is probably one of the more consistent quarterbacks on a not very consistent team. That's true. And which we'll not get to we'll get to that one in a bit too because that one is that one still has my head scratching. It is uh yeah, it's pretty confusing. All right. Uh, I, he hasn't been as good this year, but, you know, he's still completing 65% of his passes. Which, you know. which is a of good course, number. Yeah, and of course, you know, he, his difficulties might attest to the fact that he's played a pretty tough schedule thus far with, you know, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Tennessee, you know. Now he's starting to get into the relaxed area of his schedule where he's playing defensive stalwarts like Denver and Cleveland. Yeah. So his numbers should turn around. But but the one from this weekend was Cleveland, which Cleveland went back to their old school ways, Ron. Remember the cardiac kids? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. They they pulled one on Jacksonville this past weekend, too, and I'm like, that's that's what I'm saying. For every one step Jacksonville's taking forward, you're taking about three steps back and stepping on LT's turf toe, which... (laughs) Yes, yes. All right, Ryan, let's get to the main topics, the top five. Well, well, you know, we can continue to finish. uh, Let's just finish this out while we're here. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Because since we're bashing the Chargers already, let's go ahead and stick with it. And, you know, Uh, first of all, their coach is still uh, Norv Turner. Turner. Uh, Also, if you want a full name, try not to laugh when I say this, Ron, because I know I've tried to. Mr. Norval Eugene Turner. Norval. Excellent. Yes, yes, excellent. I would, I would, I would have assumed it was Norbert, <laughs> given his general suck and ineptitude. Oh yeah. But I almost thought they Norbert. did make, they did make one positive change, and that is, uh, Mr. Ted Cottrell, as of today, is no longer coordinating the defense. Yes, it's it's instead, it, it must be Bears Legend Week, Ron, because. They put in another bear legendary quarter, a legendary defensive man, one of the monsters of the midway, Mr. Ron Rivera, is now taking over the defense. Yes, and 
the funny part is he was the uh, linebackers coach for San Diego. Yeah. But he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears. For the Bears during their Super Bowl season, was he not? No, no, he was playing then, and then he transitioned to a coach. I'm going to say two years after. Uh, no, I mean, um, in 2005. Oh, oh, yes, yes, 2005. Yes, he was their defensive coach. Yes. Sorry about that, because he did play during the first Super Bowl with the one they won. Right. And, uh, He's also the first Puerto Rican slash Mexican in the history of the NFL to hold a defensive coordinator position. That is correct, so we are advancing. Yes. When the race war is on, you will have a very well-coordinated defense. Very much so. <laughs> hey, come on. It's it's The defense needs something because Sh Sean Merriman and steroids are not going to do it this season. Right. Which, which speaking of surgeries and infections what does <laughs> Kellen Winslow, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning all have in common uh, the fact that they all make an obscene amount of money to play a game well other than that Ron that one's known oh well uh, wouldn't that be their many many staff infections yes it would be their many many infections they've received over the past some odd years this year especially has been a rampant with the staph infection this is uh this is Kellen's second staph infection and they say yeah and they say it's sixth for the Browns that's a whole lot of staff uh, that is a whole lot of staff it might explain why the Browns sucked the last couple of seasons but yeah everyone's having random stuff rot off exactly I mean I really hope now that I know it was a staph infection and in, 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 in MRSA in, in particular, I really hope it wasn't his testicles that were infected because that's a horrifying thought. That, that, that is a very horrifying thought. Not even Kellen Winslow deserves that, especially because I want to see Kellen Winslow 3 play uh, tight end one of these days in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the thing is, again, I'm going to reference NFL.com. They do have an article I'm saying over the past six seasons, there has been an increase in staph infections. Which kind of makes you wonder, is Pepe the janitor not washing like he should? <laughs> I mean, come on, Jose. Or, come on, Willie. Guys, you got to clean up. The players are getting sick. And then, and then, Peyton Manning had a surgery, which they now said was to root out an infection in his bursa sack. And then we've got Tom Brady and four knee surgeries so far in the past month. And this is, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't it Barry Bonds, uh, who got a knee infection? Yeah. <laughs> that ruined his mobility for the rest of his career? Oh, yes. Didn't ruin his home run ability, but it ruined his Ruined his ability to run, ruin, ruined his fielding skills a lot. Well, he was never very good in the field. I mean, he was good at catching stuff that came at him, but he never had an arm or anything. No. So I guess he didn't really have to ever have to plant and throw, you know? Right. <laughs> but, yes, on, uh, on top of that, it's like, 
it's kind of funny, but it's kind of serious at the same time because, I mean, when you think about it, staph infection, and I had one, yeah. that stuff is scary. Yeah. I mean, very scary. How they have to get it out, too, is they, they lance you. If it's a swollen infection, and if it's a deep infection, I have to cut out skin <laughs> and graft. Luckily, mine was just the one where they had to lance it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can understand this, you know, happening at, I don't know, the high school level or, you know. College level, maybe at your small college. college. Level. Maybe but at your geez. smaller. NFL, you're spending big bucks. Pay for a fucking building that stays clean. How? I mean, you're paying these guys millions of dollars. Don't you want to protect your investment? Exactly, and and that's what kills me. Is like the Browns are wondering. Phil Savage is wondering why everyone's looking at him like he's a he's a fucking moron. And and there's a reason. It's like protect your damn player. Even if he is a whiny little cunt, protect him and the rest of your athletes. That's all we ask. I mean, it can't cost that much to bring in somebody in with a big giant tub of bleach to clean everything in the locker room. I mean, I even... Mean, should, even not they be doing that anyway? Exactly. Even, like, back a year or two ago, remember Samoa Joe, where he was in the middle of suing uh, Border City Wrestling because of his staff infection? Oh, that's right. For, for those of you that don't know, Samoa Joe is a professional wrestler with the uh, TNA organization. Former champion. Yeah, he's actually pretty good, even though he does play for T. Even though he does, uh, you know, wrestle for TNA, he's still all right. Yeah, and and the thing is, Joe had gotten a staph infection, and they found out it was from the ring, and he flat out yelled at Scott Demore and the rest of the people, said, "Hey, all it takes is a cup of bleach per gallon of water, wipe down the fucking ring." That's what we're saying to the NFL. At least a cup of bleach per a gallon of water per each part of the place you're going to clean. It, it's not and, that hard. Yeah, and, and, you know, I really doubt there's like a ton of carpet in the average locker room. And, you know, even if there is carpet, that's not probably not worth getting the MRSA. He's probably catching the staph infection from the parts where there are tiles. So, you know, once which you is clean your everything... Which is your showers and your and your ice tubs and your hot tub and probably some of your exercise equipment. So, you know, pour the bleach onto the floor and let it run down the drains. Exactly. That has to be good for it. Yeah. All right. You know, I, I guess, you know, that's why we're not running an NFL team because we think of things like not having our million-dollar athletes sick and dying from you know, horrible blood infections. Exactly. All right, Ron, let's get to the topics then, because, like, like I said, there, there's there's a whole lot to cover in the past two weeks with you being down with sickness and, you know, me being inactive, just writing. Top five in college football, if anyone's noticed, has not changed in the past two weeks. Your, your, your slate looks like Texas, Alabama, Penn State, Oklahoma, USC. 
uh, given how up and down everything's been all season and how, you know, every week we've had some kind of movement in the top five and the top ten, the fact that it's kind of settled down is, uh, shows we're starting to get into the part of the schedule where, uh, things are going to get more difficult. You know, there are no longer any, going to be any serious upsets left, more than likely, although I hope USC loses at least one more time to completely get them out of the national championship picture. And, and Alabama still has two more tough games on the schedule to go through. Right. And Texas has to play uh, Tech. Tech. Tech and then who is the other team that they've got the Aggies game at the end of the season which never count out the Aggies game. It's, uh, they've also got to play uh, Kansas. Yes. At, is it at Kansas or at uh, Royal? It's at Kansas. Oh, and they're playing, and they're playing at Tech. Yep, they're going to. Which means, yeah, they're they're on the road for two of their tougher games of the year, and that's not. Uh, 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 at least with the Red River Shootout, they're at the Cotton Bowl. You yeah. had the home crowd there at Texas State Fair, but. And then the Cowboys, they were at the Royal. At Missouri, they were at the Royal. So, so now you've got to go, you know. And your number three, Oklahoma, has to, to uh, play Texas Tech as well. And then they have to go to number nine, Oklahoma State. Where oh, they have yes. to play a team that is coached by a guy who is a man and who is 41. And pissed <laughs> off. Don't, don't yeah. think Texas... The Texas loss made them any happier. <laughs> so, so. No, it, and, it, and if a team ever deserved to be elevated for losing good, it was, it was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. They, they, they gave Texas the best game they've played all year. And, and Texas now has to take that and go to Tech. And, and, and Tech is going to be their sec, one of their second toughest games because Tech is on up there and they won it. Which who, which uh, if you're Joe Paterno, you're a fan of the rest of the ace of the SEC, and a fan of Tech, and A&M because, I mean, you, there, there's you his shot. There's your shot at immortality in the SEC if they lose, if Alabama loses to any of the teams they face. There's his national title right there. He ain't going to the Rose Bowl. He's going straight to the Orange. And we all know how old people feel about oranges. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Ron. Well, since we're since we're talking about Texas, let's just go ahead and say it. You know, it's the unspoken thought that's been reverberating throughout this entire conversation, where we slurp the big burnt orange of Cal. Why not? Why not? Come on, Heisman committee. Just. Yeah. Just. Just. Let's just, just. Go ahead and give it to Colt McCoy now. Okay. One ninety. Point six nine rating. Let, He's completing eighty percent of his passes. He's his team's leading rusher and leading passer, thus making him their only threat. Only person that is actually a a threat with him is Tim Tebow, and Tebow Tebow is saying, "I'm voting for Colt." Yeah, I mean, why would you not? He's going to go over. 3,000 yards this year. I mean, even yeah. even though Tebow's got Emmett Smith's rushing record at Florida, 
he he's even said Colt's done it all season. Colt has been the complete quarterback. And I dare say he's probably on his way to a performance better than what Vince Young pulled off against USC on his senior year. Oh yeah, definitely. Colt Colt's got an outside shot at uh forty touchdowns this year throwing through the air. He's already got twenty one. And you know that the uh A and M or that the uh tech game is gonna be, you know, first team to eighty wins. Right, and it's going to be a defensive struggle, a defensive battle, an offensive battle. So, Yes, as in the defense will be struggling to catch their breath. Exactly, and the offense will be struggling to catch the ball because they're tired from catching the ball. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait for that one. And the thing that gets me is Colt McCoy has more weapons in his arsenal than Vince Young had during his years at Texas. I mean, well, think we can about just it. look at the uh, the completion percentage, and th- that alone will tell you that Colt McCoy is a better quarterback than Vince Young ever was. Yeah, and but that that I mean that says it right there is that Colt's got the high, high one of the higher passer ratings. I, I mean, I mean, and during college, this is Jim Kelly, Doug Flutie, Steve Young. Troy Aikman numbers back when they were in college. He threw for, in that game against Oklahoma State, uh, Colt McCoy threw for 391 yards. Damn. I know, and I watched every bit of the game, and I still can't believe it. I I lost sleep during that game, you know, watching that game, and that, that game still blows my mind, how at the Cotton Bowl it just unleashed all right, Ron, you want to talk about Unleashed? I'm going to play it right now for the viewers to hear. This Boy. this is Unleashed. Oh, yes, folks, one of, the, one of the unspoken members of the Pantheon of Badassery himself, Mr. Mike Singletary, on Vernon Davis, and apologizing to the 49ers fans. All right, Ron, let's take a listen.
No, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the question. No, 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 no. You, you don't want me to go much further. Go right ahead. Ask the question. Vernon, Vernon just, uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we cannot make we cannot make decisions that cost the team. And then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else, rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Go ahead. What's up, man? I told him that he would do a better job for us right now, taking the shower and coming back and watching the game than going out on the field. Simple as that. Uh, we got between now and that time uh, when we play Arizona to correct some things. Um, and it's not so much to play, but it's more the mindset. Uh, and still having a chance to find out who wants to win, who really wants to win. Um, sometimes you have guys that it's been so long that we've been unsuccessful. Sometimes it's, it's like a bad relationship. You don't know when it's going to turn again. And after a while, you become a part of the problem rather than the solution. I want guys that are solution-oriented, starting with myself. I'm not going to try and make something work when it doesn't fit. I've always been a firm believer. And it's nothing like it was anything magical or anything. Uh, and you, and in all honesty, you probably do not want to hear it, okay? But it was just sharing my heart with you. Uh, oh, I have a question, Rich, not to interrupt. I, I, what's but, uh, does this make uh, Vernon Davis Tina or is Vernon Davis Ike? Oh, my God. <laughs> Vernon Davis is Tina. Vernon Davis is Tina. Because a diva? Exactly, and here are the rest of it. This is the rest of Singletary's promise to the Sandy, San Francisco area. Just believe that things that we talk about in the locker room um, should stay there. We, we did not play anywhere near um, where I felt we could have played. And rather than go into the, well, see, this happened here, and, and that guy was out of play, I'm not going to. I'm just going to apologize and uh, just ask you guys to, I won't even say anything, just, just, just keep watching. That's all I can tell you. you. Just keep watching, and we'll go from there. That clip was provided by BlackSportsOnline.com, which is a pretty good site for black athletes and, and the coaches. And Ron, I, I'm, I'm watching it two days later still, and I'm, I want to put the pads back on and go play for him. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking. I'm pretty fired up. And if if I was the 49ers uh, who weren't uh, Vernon Davis, I would be pretty mad at him for his uh, blatant display of uh, stupidity. 
you know, I wasn't watching the game because, you know, we don't get 49ers games out here because we only get good teams. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it was, it was a stupid penalty. And it hurt the team. And you don't go up to another player like that and slap his helmet. Ref, even Guns, who's having a bad year, will throw the flag on you. And, and Vernon Davis was damn near lucky that Mike didn't pull him by his face mask and jerk him to the bench. That's a stupid, stupid penalty that's disrespectful. Even though the NFL has become a no-fun league, even when it was fun, there's no place for that shit. Ever. Well, when it was fun, if you did that kind of thing, you know, his uh, teammates would have uh, ripped you down by the neck the next time you went across the middle. Exactly. So so maybe it was a good thing that um, Vernon Davis got to go catch MRSA in the showers early. Exactly. And, and, and honestly... People are, every pundit and everyone for NFL.com, from ESPN to say Singletary shouldn't have, Singletary shouldn't have. I'm going to agree with one of the two live stews and say, yes, he should have. I, I, I mean, come on, Ron. If you got a player like him who isn't doing shit, he, he, it's like, come on, dude, you did it at Maryland. So what the fuck's the problem? Right, and even when you were... You, and it's not like Maryland had anybody else they could really stop. You know, it's not like he wasn't the sole focus of everyone who played Maryland, uh, you know, when he was in his salad days. And it's not like he wasn't the best tight end on the planet that year. I mean, and seriously, he wasn't. He, he had competition. He was a good tight end. Should San Francisco have given him the guaranteed money? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> No, tight end's a disposable position. You can get any guy of of reasonable bulk to play that position. Because, you know, because he's fast, but yes, you know, that's if, you it. Feed a, if you feed a wide receiver enough steak, you can get a guy six three and two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, there is only so many legendary tight ends in the NFL. Dan Reeves, Mike Ditka, Jay Novacek, Brent Jones, Tony Gonzalez. That's where your list ends. Oh, Navarro. Or Bavaro. Mark Bavaro. That's where your list ends. There I is. forgot about uh, Shannon Sharp. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Shannon would come to the house person personally and slap me for that. And he would be wearing uh, one of his brother's lime green suits. Exactly. <laughs> so, your list of legendary tight ends. Oh, Kellen Winslow Sr. Yes. Your list of legendary tight ends is a hand is about a couple of handfuls. That's it. Tight ends are receivers in the trenches. This is this is kind of the glory day of the tight end too. Yes, know. because Bo Scape, Algie Crumpler with Tennessee, Tony Gonzalez. You know, Antonio Gates. Oh yes, Antonio Gates was San Diego. Despite them sucking, he's still got numbers. Also, oh, yeah. also, there's Jason Witten from Dallas, who is, despite Let's what T.O. Well thinks, yes, get well soon, Jason. Despite what T.O. thinks, Witten 
Marion the Barbarian, and Felix are your three essential pieces. Oh, definitely. T.O. is a showpiece. None, none of those is the player. <laughs> right, right. That T.O. is a showpiece. Roy Williams is a showpiece. Those three are in the trenches doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jason Witten's in the top ten uh, of all receivers this year. That, that should tell you just how much Tony Romo and Dallas's offense depends on that guy. And let's not forget Dallas Clark with Indy, which we saw what happened with Indy when the Titans shut him down. And when he, when he was out with his injury. Oh, yes. And also, Utah with Cincinnati has been getting his numbers, but the rest of the team blows. <laughs> Well, that, that happens when you've got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. Yeah, because Carson, who knows when he's coming back, if he's ever coming back. Uh, I don't see him coming back this year. There's no reason to bring him back this year. He, yeah. Not if he's got – not if he's uh, – If your elbow is fraying, Tommy John surgery, get better. Right. Go go pay a visit to Dr. James Andrews, hang out at the clinic for a while. You know, you know you won't get MRSA there, so. Exactly. That's – that's the guy you should go see. I read an article about him actually not too long ago, and it was one of the most fascinating things I've ever read because he's kind of the only person in the country who specializes in this sort of thing. Oh, yeah, and, and on top of that, Real Sports covered him. He's past the age of retirement now, but he's not going to. Can you blame him? Uh, he doesn't believe in it. If you're on top of your game, you shouldn't retire. I mean, just look at... Look at Joe Paterno. I mean, we'll segue into this now from James Andrews, which is kind of fun. But yes, which Joe he, he worked on Joe too during his his ordeal with the knee. Yeah, and Joe Paterno's still winning football games. Joe, you know, he's coaching from the press box, and actually, I think that's one of the best ideas a coach of any age, but especially uh, of Joe Paterno's age. That's one of the best ideas that they could have had. I mean, and skip, skip. You might hate it. But right now, this is the best decision for Joe. Well, Skip's an idiot. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Even if he did we, graduate from Vandy, he's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, look, when you're down on the sidelines, yeah, you can wander around, rah, 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 and rally the troops, but how much of the action can you actually see? Very little. You're dependent so much on those dudes up in the booth who've got the TVs going who've got the view of the entire field, who can see things from a distance and get the real, you know, get the full field vantage. And on top of that, Joe Paterno has so much respectability and credibility amongst the college football crowd that no one is going to give him shit about it. Period. Nor should they. Joe, Joe Paterno mean, is, like we said, he is a head coach that doesn't need a contract. You just pay him the guaranteed money every year. He is a coach that's really worth millions. You pay him that contract when he says, I'm done, respect it. He's done. I, don't, I, I really don't think he'll ever uh, say he's done because he saw what happened to uh, Bear Bryant. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, when he retired. And Joe, like most of your good coaches, has very little uh, stuff going on outside of football and family. And football is probably not first, but football is probably the thing that keeps him going. 
and, and for he, Joe, and for Joe, and for Bobby Bowden, and, and for the Bear too. Football's life. Joe and Bowden are those rare coaches who aren't there for the multi-million-dollar contracts, even though it helps. Their their most important thing is, I don't want to raise football players, create football players. I'm here to create men. And that's straight from the old school, but you, you got to love it. I mean, as long as Penn State's still winning, I don't care if Joe Paterno's coaching from home. Because, obviously, whatever's going on is working because they're undefeated and they just got done stomping the OSU. Yes. Oh, that was bad. The, the OSU is out of the national title picture for the first time and probably our lifetime, isn't it, Ron? Uh, not in our lifetime, but definitely in the past 10 years. The past 10 to 15 years, yes. This is, the, this is the furthest out of the picture they've been in a long time, and, and it is a beautiful thing. And, and it's the furthest the Big Ten has been from the picture. The only two that are even close to the picture, and this scares them to death, is Northwestern and Penn State. And Minnesota. Those... Northwestern and Minnesota are your one-loss teams, and Penn State's your undefeated team. Don't tell me that doesn't scare the hell out of the Big Ten's commissioner that there's a chance that if the Nittany Lions go to the OB for the national title game, that their representative most likely will be Minnesota or Northwestern. If you're a Big Ten booster, don't tell me that doesn't scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Uh, Northwestern is a is an academic school. They're in the Big Ten to keep up uh, to pump up the graduation rates and not to be a football powerhouse. So either the Big Ten is having a down year, which is very reasonable, or Northwestern is having you know, one of their magical once a ten year period years where they're just freakishly good on football. And this is this has happened a few times. I mean five years ago was the last time they had something like this? Five or six? Uh, probably been longer than that. I, I remember they had the one season where they were a bracket buster. Oh, that's right. They were a bowl buster, and but but all right. Since we're up there in the north, I just got a little something to get off my chest with the other program. I'm not going to say their names because they don't deserve the free fucking publicity. But I'm going to tell you, tell you guys that one, fans from Tennessee are not fucking uneducated. Two. You've got shirtless fans too, you dumb fucks. I've seen them. I've seen them in Minnesota. I've seen them in New York. Shirtless Green fans Bay. exist in Green Bay. Shirtless fans exist everywhere. Shut the fuck up. Three, because it's not a big market team and it's us down south boys, listen, go to hell, suck my dick, Fuck you. This is our turn. It's our time. 
New England has a substandard quarterback. Jacksonville's defense is blowing it for him, and their offense ain't much better. Indianapolis, you saw what happened. I, I mean, the AFC South, which is the strongest division ever, is getting ran roughshod. AFC North, about the same. AFC East, Miami's got a shot. Just accept the fact that this year might be the Titans' year to go to the Super Bowl yet again. And, if you don't like it, all I gotta say, KSKS, don't watch the fucking game. Alright? I know you guys are covering football, and that's all you cover, but... Uh, but, let, let's face it, don't piss the Southerners off. Isn't your life hard enough already? Football right. wasn't invented in the South, but it was definitely perfected in the South. Yep. And right now it's a southern state of mind against an NFC northern state of mind. It's going to be good, though. I, I think we need a nice good old north versus south Super Bowl. What do you figure, Ron? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, you know. Because we know the heir apparent is going to be the Giants. I I'm sure the, uh, the, uh, the suits in the NFL office are dreading uh, Nashville being anywhere near the Super Bowl. But for one, as a fan, I would love to see that old-school 1950s smash-mouth football that they play down there make a big comeback. Kind of like how the uh, the Wildcat offense has made its comeback in Miami. Yes, it's it's like you want to tell, which I think Goodell is now getting it. Old-school works. So, let's get away from from that, and let's talk about the Titans. Well, why are we getting, um, well, there's not much to say. I mean, they're still undefeated. But they s still are. Next. And they actually, and they maybe won a modicum of respect from the, uh, the Northeastern media bias. Although, although, uh, Tony Comover about broke his jaw slurping Peyton Manning last night. <laughs> oh, yes. But, but, it's like, Ron, the defense is clicking. The offense is clicking. Hambone has 10 touchdowns this season. I'm going to say it again. Lendale Hambone White has 10 touchdowns in seven games. That's why I've got him on my fantasy team in my money league. Yeah. <laughs> All 250 pounds of Hambone. <laughs> yeah, right, 250. That's what they bill him as. I'm thinking 260, 270. And, and he's obviously slimmed down from last year, but he's still a gigantic man. <coughs> Who carries? What was that one run? Did he carry three or four people with him? Yeah, On, on that dive? He carries guys routinely like that, and that's what's so impressive about his running style because it's cool. That's none of this, you know, as much as I love the Barry Sanders, that's none of this, you know, let's dance around and make people miss. This was, uh, you know, Larry Zonka and Jim Brown. Let's just run guys over. And, and dare I say, as recent as Jerome Bettis. Oh, yeah. I mean, he probably a little faster than, than the bus, but Hambone well, is just... And he's also younger than the bus, too. Let's, well, let's, yes. 
Let, let's give Bettis his credit. Bettis hit his stride in his latter years, and Hambone is just beginning. Yeah, that's that's the one thing your two best teams, uh, you know, in the NFL right now have in common. You know, Tennessee's got that power running game with Hambone, and they've got the speed running game with uh, Chris Johnson, and not much of a quarterback. And the the New York Football Giants don't have, have much of a quarterback. <laughs> have their power running game? Well, they've got a better quarterback. Slightly. Than, you know, Kerry Collins. Because they've all they've got is uh, you know their big guy is Brandon Jacobs. They don't have the uh, they, don't they don't have, have the, they don't have the dash to go with that smash. All they've got is smash. They've got Tumor. They've got Plexiglass. Who oh Plexiglass might be on thin ice. And then they've got uh, well they've got other smash and Ward, but they've got smash and smash. Yeah, so they've got smash and smash. Tennessee has smash and dash. Both they, defenses. They they get their explosiveness through the passing game, which, you know, I think that we'll see Tennessee as people start to, to say, okay, we're not going to let you beat us by running. I think they're going to throw it more. And, and that's where their mistake is going to be because you have to respect Justin McCarrens. You have to respect Justin Gage. And then you got Bo Scaife, Ahmad Hall, who can catch it. Lendell can catch it. Chris Johnson can catch it. And then you've got probably one of the bar nuns, the best southern tight end ever, Mr. Algernon Crumpler, as we all love love and know as Algy. That's not the same kind of algae that grows in the Browns locker room, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about uh, a six-foot-something big old tight end, Algy. <laughs> the man that was the legend down in Atlanta... And somehow Tennessee got lucky, and we got him in free agency. Well, I I think that the, I think Atlanta just wanted to make as clean a break from uh, Michael Vick as you possibly could, and given that Algie Crumpler was you know Vick's only reliable target. Yeah, and, and which not to disparage what they've got now either, because Matt Ryan's a pretty good quarterback, and they've got a pretty good team. And he's been bang and he was banged up a little bit. I mean, I can understand getting rid of a guy. You know, once he starts to get a few miles on him, especially in that situation. Well, yes, and and on top of that too, it seems Algie's just a perfect fit for Tennessee at the moment. Oh yeah, definitely. Kind of like the uh, how the Wildcat offense is—it's kind of a return to old school football. You know, all all around with the power running games and with the uh, the Wildcat offense still being successful in Miami. Now that we spoke about the two teams on top. You mentioned the one offense. The other team that was the power in the AFC, the Bills. Oh, man, they had a terrible game, too. I mean, that that, that one, the Wildcat bit them. I mean, that, that's all you can say. Miami had their game on. <laughs> when, when, you, when you get that, I, and, you know, now that uh, teams are getting used to it, <laughs> And are gearing up to stop it. Miami's pulling more tricks out of that formation, which is a beautiful thing. And it, you know, like the uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, and it and it helps Miami because Miami's ran it, and they think that's a gimmick offense. That's a gimmick offense. Yes and no. 
Yes, it's gimmicky. Yes, it's kind of flashy. But it's a reminiscence back to the old school. And it gives Chad Pennington a break he needs. I mean, Chad's shoulder, uh, how many years has he got left, honestly? Both shoulders. Yes. So Chad does not have the throwing that he used to, and if it comes down to it, would you run your team off of Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams? Uh, yes. If I've got two running backs that good, I would be a fool not to try to work them both in at the same time. You know, because, you know, for, uh, for all the flack Ricky Williams has taken for loving his weed and being a hippie, he's still a really good running back. And, of course, you know I'm going to be a fan of anybody named Ron or Ronnie. <laughs> From Ronnie Brown to Ron Rivera to, you know, Ron Artest. So <laughs> well, yes. And, and, and that's what gets us about the Wildcat offense is that now only team that has really truly solved it was the Baltimore Ravens. And that's because you've got a Ryan on the defense, defensive side. And I don't even know if, if Baltimore really solved it or if Baltimore is just a really still a really good defense. I think it's a lot of both. And, and, and people would think, how would Rob and Rex Ryan actually know the Wildcat? Th their dad's buddy fucking Ryan, who was a defensive yeah. genius. He invented the 46. Yeah, you don't think those guys grew up watching uh, NFL tapes from the 50s? I mean, I mean let's, be, let's be honest. It's, it's those, those guys have been digesting game films since they came out of the womb. Together. If anybody can do it, it's those two. And if you don't think they work together to try to figure out a way to stop this, you're, you're, you've lost your mind. Exactly. And you, know, and you know they gave the old man a call, too. Yeah, and, and it, it, it would be smart, too, because... Buddy has seen it all. Yeah. So, speaking of teams that have been traditionally bad since Buddy's time, well, Ron, one NFC team, one AFC team, they're both heading for Tampa Bay land. And I don't mean the one that John Gruden had headed them towards. Yep. I think we'll have two teams that are 0-16, Ron. Uh, no. Mm. I don't think we're, we're going to get an O for life team anytime soon. I mean, you know, there's still plenty of other lousy teams out there just willing to lay down for the Lions and Bengals. But. <laughs> you know, I, I just think that at this point, um, somebody will be willing to take a dive to uh, keep those teams from going O for life. You know, and how... I, I, I hate to get off on this topic, but one of the things that continually amazes me is that Marvin Lewis still has a friggin' job because for, you know, a defensive coordinator who made his name uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, he sure has put together absolutely the worst defense I've ever seen in Cincinnati. And this is terrible. And, and how he still has his job, aside from Mike Brown being insanely loyal to basically everyone, I, I have no idea. And that's not to disparage the man in the slightest. I like him a lot as a person. I think he's a good coach. But that team is, he's completely, he's... He's lost he, it. He's lost that entire team. 
you know, maybe TJ, maybe uh, Carson Palmer when, you know, he's not icing down his elbow. But, you know, I don't think Chad Johnson listens to him anymore. Uh, I don't think uh, the defense listens to him anymore. You know, I think they're just tired of his act, and I think it's time for him to go. He needs to go for his sake, too. I mean, yeah, who cares he what the to, team thinks? He, he, he just... Yeah, he needs to go while he's still got his dignity. That's that's a team without any dignity. He, he should go to, and this is crazy, but they need a defensive coordinator down there. So I think he should head out and check into the uh, Dallas Cowboys job. I, I think so, too, because right, right now, Jerry Jones, and I'm going to say it's either ballsy or stupid. Jerry has put Wade Phillips back in charge of the defense. Well, let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Wade Phillips is, is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he is. I mean, Bum Phillips. Even That's, though he does look goofy. I mean, I mean he, he's got that great coaching pedigree himself, Bum Phillips. While Bum was probably... With those lovable loser teams, you, you had to love Bum Phillips because, let, let's be honest, he he was a likable coach, and he did his job. And the Oilers were never an easy win. So, Wade's got that pedigree in him. And just the last few weeks, the team has just been god-awful. I mean, just, I don't know how you describe it. Well, uh, you know, I like Wade a lot. As in, I, I think he's a good defensive coordinator, and uh, the defense actually showed signs of life under his tutelage. So I think that's where his abilities lie, but I do not think he's the kind of person who can control a team full of, uh, well, not a team full of egomaniacs, but a team with one egomaniac, egomaniacal enough to derail the entire organization. So in other you words, know, time to it, throw Mio under the bus again? I think they just need to set up a camp under that bus for Mio. Because <laughs> if, 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 if the coach isn't throwing him under the bus, he's throwing himself under the bus with his actions. Exactly. So Ron, speaking of failures, it's time to play a sad, sad song for Elite XC. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I love that fail music. The Price is Right fail. <laughs> yes. They, they failed. Badly. Elite XC, as of two weeks ago, much like Francisco Franco, is steadfastly holding on to death. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we all saw it coming. I mean, well, I did anyway. Uh, especially once uh, Kimbo got knocked out and his son started to cry like a woman <laughs> on national TV. No, that's, that's offensive to women. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, once Kimbo got knocked out, the goose that cracked golden eggs... Uh, <laughs> got turned into dinner. Yes. And given, 
given that the Elite XC was having a hard enough time uh, drawing fans anyway, and was bleeding money at a rate unheard of, uh, it was only a matter of time for the organization was going to shut down. You know, even with, and there's a reason the original owners were trying like hell to negotiate a deal to get CBS to take on some of this debt. And CBS didn't. No, because CBS knows what it's like to uh, be a money pit, and they don't want to go back there. CBS likes successful programs that don't depend on gimmicks, like CS. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Well, <laughs> it works. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Ron. They like successful gimmicks. Ron, speaking of failures, Bud Selig postponed. Probably what would be the final game for the Phillies or maybe another extension of life for the Rays. But, Bud. You had to look at the rule book to state which rule you passed two years ago to be able to suspend this game. So, folks, the World Series game has been postponed, suspended, whatever, until I don't fucking know when. You know, and, and, and I agree with uh, what Stephen King is doing here. <laughs> and let's be honest, Bud Selig looks exactly like a beardless Stephen King. If he would grow a beard and move to Maine, he could write horror novels. Or, or at the rate he's going, he is Bill Gates' older brother. That's another good one. I hadn't thought about that one. I just noticed the Stephen King thing today uh, when I was watching the video of Bud read the rule book, <laughs> read the rule book like it was a copy of fucking Carrie. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, 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 the one thing he's done right through all this is to say the World Series should go nine game, uh, should go nine innings. You know, you don't need to call this game early because this is the only thing people care about when it comes to baseball. Nobody gives a rat's ass about the 162-game season. Nobody gives a damn about the uh, three games of three rounds of playoffs. People don't care until it's World Series time. And, and, and honestly, at the sorry, rate yeah. all of these games are going, 162 games, playoffs don't cut it anymore. All right, all right, come on, bud, you geek. Let's get it back to the pennant. Because... Oh, well, we know that's not going to happen. Come on, bud. Let's get back to the pennant before my kid says, Daddy, I can't wait for Mr. December. <laughs> yeah, uh, with, the, with the way these World Series, is, the World Series are going, uh, we will not only have Mr. November, Derek Jeta, and Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, we will have Mr. December and... Knowing how uh, Major League Baseball is going, Mr. December will be from the Japanese uh, Expansion League. You know, Probably the Tokyo Ka Dragons. It'll be Kosuke Fukudome or somebody. Which, Kosuke's not a bad player, but... Sadaharu O is going to come out of retirement and smash 80 home runs. He could! He could! <laughs> well, given how terrible, you know... Uh, talent dilution has made pitching in every professional baseball league at every level, yeah, I think he could go out and mash at least 20 in these uh, Cracker Jack parks. So, Ron, <coughs> it's time 
to pull out the button yet again. Let's look at baseball failures. The Cubs in the playoffs. Need I say more? I think Bud's entire tenure as a baseball commissioner is going to go down as one gigantic epic fail. Probably. Uh, especially considering this is a guy who, for most of my memory, has been interim acting commissioner of baseball and who said time and time again, I don't want this job. You but know what? I think he's trying... But I still they gave it to, to him. It. I think he's trying to fuck it up so bad they have no choice but to get rid of him. He want, I've never seen a guy who looks more uncomfortable in my entire life. I but, have. Uh, oh. I have anyone that owns the you know the Milwaukee Brewers before this year and Al Davis with a bowel movement. <laughs> which uh. which let's let's get to another baseball failure. The Yankees postseason chances. Oh, and Ron, I'm going to press it again. The Mets, too. I really don't think we can... Over That's one of the few sound bites I don't think we can overuse on this show, because that is just hilarious. I mean, let's, let's face it. The city well, of oh. New York... It's a football year, guys. I hate to tell you. It's a football year. It's a far year. <laughs> yes, when you're two notable, when you're two notable sports figures that can get you to a championship is named Alicia. And uh, one has the middle name of Lorenzo. Call it a football year, kids. <laughs> because Jada's not doing it, and the Mets are laying down like a whore at prom night. And it's not going to get better. You, you know, speaking of things that won't get any better, uh, I've been trying to think of a Halloween costume. And let's just go ahead and smoothly move right into this. Let's I will drive the segues along. Let's do and it. And today, I decided that I was going to try something different. I'm leaving the house. I'm starving. And there on the kitchen table is a big tub of prunes. So I grab a handful of prunes, stuff them into my mouth, and go on about my day. When I get to work, what do I do? What's my first stop? The coffee pot. <laughs> right. You see where I'm going with this? Oh, my God. <laughs> prunes and coffee was a bad idea. The Al Davis Breakfast of Champions was probably not a smart idea on my part because I spent the rest of my day looking for jogging suits, um, screaming, at it, uh, screaming at Art Shell, <laughs> and uh, being completely and totally drunk off of my own power, which, if you knew where I worked, you would realize I have absolutely no power at all. I'm sure the copy edit cunts were laughing at you, and then you <laughs> told them to get off your lawn, and I'm sure Al, Al Art Shell is wondering, how the fuck did you get my number? <laughs> I'm sure he's wondering that about actual Al Davis, too. <laughs> Probably. Because you don't think... Uh, you don't think Art's uh, trying to move on with his life by now? Oh, exactly. So, since we're going into tasteless humor, it's time for the new rules. <laughs> Alright, folks. New rule number one. If you're not a big market team in L.A., Washington, or New York, Kornheiser hates your team. 
We found this out on Monday Night Football. If you're not a traditional powerhouse or a big money team, Kornheiser hates your team and will fillet the other team's quarterback as much as possible. Even if the other team is also a small market team in the Indianapolis Don't Call Us Baltimore Colts. Yes, they are sponsored by Mayflower, as usual. <laughs> New rule. Before there was Levitra, Cialis, and Viagra, there was Power, the ultimate aphrodisiac. Oh, yes. Wh why do you think all these old coaches won't let go, even if they're past their prime? Why do you think all these old owners like Mr. Al Davis won't let go when they can do crazy things like have press conferences and detail why they fired their coaches? Uh, as long as somebody out there is willing to listen and as long as these guys have money and tenure, they will hang on as long as possible. That also might be an explanation as to why uh, Bud the Geek, or as I like to call him, Bud the Chud, because he looks like a zombie, <laughs> uh, has hung around as commissioner of baseball well past his expiration date. Uh. I, mean, I think it's time to, to pass on that position to another paragon of ultimate leadership, George W. Bush. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck, why not? It's already going down to shitter, so why not? Remember, hey, this is one thing I think he could do well. Decently. And it, keep, and it keeps him away from the uh, nuclear button. There's well, exactly. one thing George There's one thing George knows and likes and that's baseball. All right, Ron. Kind of like a uh, new rule. Yes. I'll go ahead and do my other new rule now do so it. which you can have two in a row. Do it. Condoleezza Rice is looking to take over the San Francisco 49ers. You know, as as many bad things as people say about her and her closet lesbianism. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess it's not really so closet since I just mentioned it. Oh, but, you know, anyway, the suspicions owe lesbian tendencies. Anyway, if there's one thing Condoleezza Rice knows, like former President Richard Nixon, she knows her football. She is really good at it, too. And I think she would make a great president for that organization because... As we've seen over the past 10 years, having people in power who don't know jack shit about football has been bad for the football team. Matt Mellon. Maybe it's time to put someone who knows and respects the game of football in charge of your football team. Gasp. Al Davis. Oh. That seems like such a foreign concept in this in this uh, year's NFL that, you know, putting football-loving people in charge of football programs Boy yields board. results. <laughs> what was that last one? William Ford. <laughs> William Clayford, yes. Yes. Oh, hold on, hold on. I can come up, come up with many, many more, but... Oh, yes. Speaking of football, folks, remember, as much as you don't like it, I know I don't, it's not Monday Night Football anymore without the Kornheiser comb-over. Every time I turn on my TV to watch Monday Night Football because wrestling blows badly. It's terrible. <laughs> I turn on the TV. I see Mike Tirico. It's all right. Then I see Jaws. Not as bad. And then comes the comb over. And then I realize that I need to start drinking heavily yet again. You mean Kornheiser's not your boy? 
No, 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 Mike. He's not my boy. He's not your boy either, Mike. Is he anyone's boy? Uh, obviously he's someone's boy because he's on Monday Night Football and we're not. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Monday Night Football, this one is truly obvious, but I think I'll state it right now. No matter what type of play it is, no matter how bad it may be, Jaws loves the penetration. <laughs> he, 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 he loves penetration. He says it at least three times every game. It could be an offensive shootout like Dallas Philly, or it could be a smash mouth all the way to the fourth quarter like the Titans and Colts were. At least three times a game, penetration gets mentioned. So, Jaws, is Mrs. Jaws not giving it to you? Come on, old buddy. You can tell us. <laughs> he, should, uh, he should go to Boston Market with Harold Reynolds sometime. That's a bad thought. <laughs> no, no, not Jaws and Harold Reynolds together. Jaws and Harold Reynolds in leather. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, let's not think about interracial, uh, intersport homosexual relationships at the four letters. <laughs> well, Harold's not at the four letters anymore, so why not? Oh, that's true. All right, folks, it's time for the serious stuff for the show. First off, we got to say get well to everyone we mentioned earlier. Kellen, Tom Brady, staff infection. Again, not so funny. It sucks. This, this is four surgeries on that knee that we know about. And who knows and how many more Dr. 90210 will have to perform on that knee, too. And and let me just say, the whole thing with uh, New England being upset that Tom Brady didn't go to their team doctors and whatever, given uh, the history of New England and how they treat their injured players, can you blame... Tom Brady in the slightest for wanting to go to his own personal physician of choice. Let me think. Rush Teddy Bruschi back. Rush Junior Seau back. Uh, ah, Ted Johnson. Yeah, Ted Johnson. Rush to Falk back. Yeah. No, I don't. Rodney Harrison's career is over. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, uh, Rodney Harrison's starting to look like Samuel L. Jackson from the movie Unbreakable these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which means that, no, 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 I wouldn't go to their team doctors either. No, I would go, if I was Tom Brady, I would go to the best doctor money can buy, which probably isn't in New England. You, you know, no no, no bad-mouthing, uh, you know, the Northeast, but Boston, I would go... Boston Medical is not... Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, the Harvard Clinic, or wherever. Well, Harvard Clinic, you just go for the serious, serious, serious stuff. Yeah, Tom Brady should go to the best doctor he can find for his particular surgery, and that so happened to be out in California. So bad. Uh, I'm sure the warm weather was good for his uh, surgically repaired knee as well. Right. Or warmer than fucking New England in October. Exactly. Another get-well-wish to a person missing from the seventh win of the Titans season, and that is Mr. Kyle Vandenbosch. Mr. Vandenbosch has pulled the groin. I mean, yee. 
and Kyle actually told Jeff Fisher if I'm not a hundred percent I'm not gonna go because I don't play anything less than a hundred and ten percent that's true and to his credit uh, the fish stash respected that yes and didn't go on TV to call him a bitch like uh, certain 49ers coaches who shall not be named <laughs> but but there is a difference in that one Vernon because yeah, we know because we know Vandenbosch is actually hurt and Vandenbosch actually tries uh, and Vernon Davis mails in his game about half the time right especially when he knows his name isn't going to be called his number is not going to be pulled in the passing round no no and and on top of that too Carson Palmer and his elbow like we said it looks like it's going to be a season ender and everyone in Kansas City which by the way uh, Ron uh, Dante is not going to Kansas City I'm not surprised um, given how well Dante played in Miami when he was running for his life on one knee uh, going to Kansas City and running for your life on one knee is probably a bad idea. Yes, he said he got a better offer from another team. Yes, as in any team that will protect him when he's back in the pocket. Exactly. Which at this point would be any team other than Kansas City. <laughs> uh, yeah, which means I don't know then. I don't. Is, I don't foresee him going to Detroit because. You're going from one, a one-win team to a no-win team. I don't see him going to Cincinnati either because see Kansas City. <laughs> so some some team out there has got to be hurting and needs Dante and his one knee. You know who I'm thinking? Uh, New England? Uh, probably... I'm thinking Dallas. Well, that's a good idea, too. I mean, obviously Dante's used to throwing the ball to uh, pampered uh, diva receivers. And he's I mean, he did spend all those years chucking the ball at Randy Moss. Nice. Speaking of Kansas City and the epic fail that is the Kansas City Chiefs, how Herm Edwards still has a job, I have no idea. He must have pictures of... Um, I don't know. Uh, team owner uh, Clay Hunt pooping on the Lombardi Trophy or something. <laughs> uh, Larry Johnson. This should have been a new rule. I didn't think about it at the time, but Larry Johnson, stay out of the club. Stop spitting your drinks on women. Stop hitting women. You know what? Stop associating with women altogether for at least a year. Uh, because obviously you can't stop assaulting them or getting accused of assaulting them, which is almost as bad because nobody believes you when you say, hey, I didn't actually slap that hoe. You know, if you're going to slap a hoe, just buy a prostitute so that way you can legally beat her. Well, I guess not legally beat her. You can illegally beat her, but, you know, she's a she's a whore. What's she going to do? Go to the cops? <laughs> and, and, and LJ... I'm sure Joe Paterno's even shaking his head going, what happened? Because Joe, Joe taught him better than that. 
It's like, how'd you go from, you know, a top-rated QB, I mean, running back, I'm sorry, at a good school to whatever the hell's going on. So, that's, that's just, it, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I, I can't think of words to describe it. That team is a, a uh, since the death of uh, Lamar Hunt, that team has been just all-around epic fail. And, and it's not the Hunt family's fault either. They're, they've got a coach who's standard at best because we play to win the game. <laughs> no shit, Herm. Uh, no shit, Herm. We know you do. I don't know. It looks like Herm's playing to lose the game these days. Exactly. Maybe he wants that number one draft pick that he can blow it on, I don't know, a quarterback or a quarterback. Exactly. If I had a shot at getting Colt McCoy, I would probably tank the rest of my season, too. Exactly, but Colt's probably staying. So he's got to tank another season. Oh, I'm sure Herm can pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> he could. He really could. I he think can Herm, He can only manage eight wins when he's actually trying, so, you know. <laughs> I think Herm could tank another season and get two first-round draft picks. All right. And on the police blotter, too, Santonio Holmes and Package were caught with a package of wheat, that is. Yeah, uh, Nate Newton wants to know what the big deal is. Uh, I, I'm sure Nate also wants to, hey, boy, hit me up with the smoke it. I, I'm going to smoke it. Da, 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 da. But anyways. I want to talk to Samson. Fly me to the moon like that bitch Alice Cramden. Sorry. Exactly. I had to sneak in a random half-baked quote. Hey, why not? Santonio. Shit, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> Santonio. Okay, this degenerates any further. Santonio, as they said, was smoking it, and then the cops pulled him over, and then the dumb shit hands it over. Like it's puff, puff, pass. Hey, officer, you want some? Well, you know, uh, maybe he got pulled over by uh, Denzel Washington from training day, and he thought sharing his weed would get him out of trouble. Maybe, but... Or Sa maybe he was just so high he thought he got pulled over by Denzel Washington in training day. He might have. But, Santonio issued an apology to the media. To the media. Dear in media, I'm sorry I got caught smoking reefer. Yes. And then apologized to the NFL, apologized to his coach. Shaft wasn't having it. He sat down. <laughs> Get your ass now. He ain't dressing out. Nice. He ain't dressing out. Exactly. I hadn't thought about the Shaft thing, but that is so true. Exactly. And, and come on, folks. Uh, let's face it. When it comes to coaches, Mike Tomlin's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Mike Tomlin. Then I can dig it. All right. 
Yes. Yes, the awkward quoting of black exploitation movies by a white guy and a giant Mexican. Yeah. But let's face it. Mike Tomlin's the third coach. Third coach of the Steelers. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, which means when uh, <coughs> San Antonio, Mike tells you to sit, you're going to be sitting a while. Yeah, that is a... Uh Unlike Cleveland, that's a serious doghouse. Yeah, because, uh, yes, remember, only three head coaches. The head coach is God and Pittsburgh. Think about if it. You're gonna get, if you're going to get caught doing drugs, why can't you be like the New Orleans Saints and just do uh, performance-enhancing drugs rather than a performance-dehancing drug? Exactly. Oh, man. I mean, what are you going to say, uh, Sorry, Big Ben. I misran. I ran the wrong route because I'm just so damn high. <laughs> I was running. I was running for the sauce. The man with the sausages. All right. If he'd have thrown a fade route to the guy with the Cheetos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought the I thought the football was a giant ham, and I took a big bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Even Lindell is like he did what? Oh my God. So uh, run, and, and I love the way we have show notes, and then everything just goes completely off track at the end. But but we do have notes, and and we do somewhat follow it, so that's good. We have it set up. All right, Ron, uh, what's on TV? What are you watching? And if you say Dancing with the Stars, I'm sending him to your house. Uh, well, I might try to catch the last three innings of the World Series game uh, from yesterday. Was it or two days ago? Yesterday. Yep. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, might try to see if it resumes ever. Yeah. I, I, and other than that, I think I'm gonna watch uh, college football until the cows come home, because I'm going to stay away from every network television between now and the presidential election because I'm tired of seeing ads about how Senator X is the cause of all the economic problems, but want to be Senator Y is not. Yeah, right. Um, I'm know, myself. Our local, uh, our local Republican uh, guy, the, the woman running for our local uh, Congress seat against the Democrat, is blaming the Democrat for the economic problems. The Democrat running for our Republican House position. Actually, I got it asked backwards, but anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. The, the Democrat running for our incumbent uh, Mitch McConnell's uh, Senate position blames Mitch McConnell for the economic crisis. So, you know... Hey, hey folks, can we just, show you, can we just, just get along? Can we just get along and say you both sides fucked up and go on with it? No, because that would be too easy. Well, I know, but... but and that's why I'm not going to watch anything other than basic cable. <laughs> myself... It's going to be NFL Network or FanCast.com because there's old A-Team shows and they only have two commercials per show. you got to love it. The A-Team? Excellent. Yes, yes there is the A-Team. And also, I might try to get an Airwolf. Hey, hey, I'm going vintage here. Good call. Because if, if we're going back to 80s-style politics, I'm going back to 80s-style shows. That's my favorite show about a helicopter. Exactly. I think it's the only sh good show about a helicopter. Well, there was the other show, but... Ah, yeah. Oh, you said good show. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I said good show. 
Yes, yes, yes. All right, folks, that's the end of the show. We are located at sportsbastards.com, and Ron is located at subtlebluntness.com, popby.com, shacktronics.com, and denofgeek.com. Have I got them all? Uh, no, but you got most of them, and that's, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember every one of your sites. All right, I don't remember every one of my sites. <laughs> I figured you don't. Anyways, folks, visit Ron on the World Wide Web at those sites. I'm at sportsbastards.com. And and also, we're on iTunes. If, if you're listening on iTunes, ignore that one. This is the redundancy for those who download directly from MP3. All the guys in Afghanistan, hey, you know, all you medics out there, keep yourself safe. Self safe, get home safely next year. And anyone else I left out, Oh yeah. Good night, Canada. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, Romo. Ah, yes. That's that's it. Before Ron pulls out the track suit. Good night, everyone. Jamalakis, get off my lawn. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs>